episode 148. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. This is an audio podcast only this time around, and thank you guys for tuning in. Um, lots going on, and I'm trying to get uh, a new computer set up. I've got some things going on here in the uh, in the studio where I'm trying to, uh, I don't know, expand it to, in, in terms of, I don't know, get it to the point where I want it to be uh, for guests, for formatting, for the the overall look of everything and just kind of have been uh kind of i don't want to say struggling um creatively to do that you know you get into a space and you and you kind of get uh your show worked out and a lot of you guys you know have seen some of the pictures of behind the scenes and 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 things aren't quite worked out in my head in terms of the way it was going to look, the way it was going to feel, the way it was going to sound and how I was going to you know do all of these things in that space and this is just all part of you know podcasting as you're learning and growing and changing uh, the you know the room and the environment and, and and all of those kind of things as you grow because let's let's face it I mean if you're into podcasting let's probably ninety nine percent of you guys who are libertarians are out there um, all this kind of stuff changes but um, that's that's kind of what I've been doing behind the scenes is trying to you know let my creativity out in here uh, to you know try to design the 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 atmosphere basically and, and the look and the feel of what it's going to be as a finished product and a lot of you guys have seen uh what i have done on the you know on, on youtube and in the live shows and all that kind of stuff and basically you know i have a you know a color palette of purple and, and, and pinks that kind of simulate uh you know the setting sun or the rising sun and all that kind of stuff and um, some, some laser type stars up there in the background. And it just, it puts me at peace. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I live out, um, in the middle of nowhere with nature. Um, and you guys have asked, you know, you know, kind of like, you know, what are your thoughts on religion and faith? And so I thought, you know, this would be a pretty good episode to, you know, to, to share that with. And, you know, we're kind of getting into, uh, you know, that time of year, this, uh, this weekend is the opening of deer season down here in Georgia. It's also, uh, I believe the beginning of bear season. Um, and some of you guys are asking yourself, well, how does this all tie together? Well, for me, it ties together because I am not your, I I don't think I'm, I don't think anybody's your typical anything, but I'm definitely not your typical, um, you know, run in the mill person when it comes to the idea of faith. So, um, I'm, I'm going to do a a show kind of, I don't know, kind of explains, you know, at least where I'm at in this, in this journey of life spiritually. Uh, and you know, uh, maybe you guys are feeling like, a lot of the old paradigm stuff doesn't fit you either, and you're in constant search of what does make sense. So, um, before any of that, uh, the admin stuff. If you love the show, you can go out to patreon.com and patreon.com slash radicalpod and become a patron of the show for as little as a dollar. It's a heck of a deal to get all this content for that little amount of money, and it all helps. So, thank you guys all uh, who have gone out there and uh have participated and uh and, and and become patrons thank you guys uh for those of you guys that don't have a lot of change to spare if you'd like to help me out and go out there and leave a five-star review and i know oh man we've got like maybe one 
I don't know, I, not even one tenth. Like we we have just in this space alone on on um, on the audio side, like I don't know, a fraction of people who have gone out there and left a five star review. It takes five seconds. I put a lot of effort into this. I'd really appreciate it if you guys would go out to Apple uh, and create uh, a, a quick account. And just leave a five star review if you don't. If you've already got Apple, just leave a five star review on the podcast, um, and uh, I'll read it here. I really appreciate all of those that so you guys have done that. Um, if you want merch, it's up on the website radicalpod.com. And if you need to reach me for anything, you can email me at shane at radicalpod.com. So, without further ado, um, I I wanted to kind of start this off chronologically. Um, and maybe that's kind of how I think about this because I think over time, as you grow and you mature and you have experiences in this world, they, they can change you obviously. Then they can mold you and, and, and really, um, get you into a place where you, you feel good about how you think about your spirituality. So growing up early, uh, I, you know, my mom and dad um, took us to church. Uh, we were in Sunday school. It was the um, Reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at the time. And I know that's a mouthful. Um, it was not necessarily uh, Mormonism, but there was a Book of Mormon. Um, it was completely different from uh, you know being a Mormon. Like A lot of what uh, goes on in the Mormon community is kind of... Um, not as welcome. You kind of have to be um, brought in and done all, you know, a whole bunch of stuff has to be done. It's kind of like Catholicism for God's sakes. Um, but at the same time, you know, it was one of those things where if we did this until I was probably about 10 years old. Uh, my brother kind of dropped out and I dropped out or my mom and my brother stayed home. And then I started going with my dad alone. And, and after a while, it's just like, this isn't it. But um, I can remember, you know, back when I was young, um, really not getting a heck of a lot out of church, so to speak. You know, the, um, the idea that you go into these buildings with people that you see on Sundays, every Sunday, uh, and, and talk about, you know, God as a child, um, it didn't do anything for me. And, you know, now as an adult, especially as a dad, um, in terms of teaching my children, uh, about, spirituality and faith and not so much religion, I am very much, um, kind of clued into this. So, um, at any rate, um, I do remember being a kid and, you know, understanding and feeling that when I was out in nature, uh, we spent a ton of time, uh, my brother and, and myself and our, our friends in the neighborhood in the woods, we had small woods across from us, and we had uh, quite an extensive um, woods behind us. And I mean, just went on and on and on. And it was, you know, more land uh, than we could possibly cover. And we got into a whole bunch of things back there in terms of, you know, running around, being wild, uh, and our, in our, you know, I guess our earlier, you know, I don't know, teen years. In, in that uh, perspective, we started to build forts. And we, and I, I say, even before that, it was probably more like when we were seven, eight years old, when we were starting to build forts. Uh, we were starting to build bridges over, you know, creeks and things like that with logs and, you know, filling them in with other things. And it was just this really amazing 
uh, sensation to be able to go out and to be out there. And I remember even a couple of times being out there by myself, you know, to, to be able to sit around in maybe a little place in nature that you've improved, um, being quiet, seeing the wildlife, whatever it was, it was just one of those things that, you know, was, it was calming and it felt good. And it, there was a, a real, um, gravity to it. You know, it was something that you, you, you didn't get anywhere else. And, the the quietness of it the and, and still the the absolute life that was there um, was something that I, even at an early age I I really really marveled at so you know as I grew up um, as you know I, I guess a teenager I think I had probably one of my you know my next big um, revelations in spirituality and that was the um, the, the death of one of my friends, his name was Jeff Seal, uh, and he committed suicide. He was on my football team and, uh, you know, just a, a great guy and a, and a good friend. And at that point, you know, he had been going to, uh, the first Baptist church over in Snellville and, you know, the entire football team over at Brookwood, uh, that I was playing on at the time, we, you know, got together obviously for his wake and, um, couple other ceremonies that you know they they roped us into during that time because you know let's face it they were probably they were they were trying to do good things for kids they were trying to comfort kids who had lost a friend that had been um you know really really hit with a very traumatic experience early in life and you know at that point you know i i tried out baptism for a while or i should say the, the baptist um you know religion for a while and I'm going to tell you right now, it honestly scared the shit out of me. Um, you people that are Baptist, no offense out there, but you guys are scary as shit. I mean, sitting there telling people they're, that they're going to hell if they're, you know, not saved by Christ and all that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, it was, it was one of those things where I'd already been baptized in my life and they, they scared me so much, uh, that I went and got baptized again and, you know, did the, the whole religion thing with those guys for a little bit because they, they scared me and, you know, looking back at it, I really, I, I think that is, um, it, it's not my way for sure. Um, you know, to, to be coerced or scared into something. And I know that, you know, people who were in the, the Baptist faith absolutely believe wholeheartedly that that is the only way to, uh, to salvation, to heaven, to, you know, the promised land when you leave this meat sack here on earth and you know, that's okay. That's fine. You know, that, that, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage anybody. I'm, I'm going to tell you like what my experience was and, um, and why I, why I finally was just like, nah, man, I, I can't hang out around here. Like it was, it was too much. And one of the things that I saw, um, you know, right from the get go is, you know, this, this idea that a lot of the worldly, things that were in front of us were absolutely quote unquote off limits, right? Like the drinking, the smoking, the, the sex, you know, all these things that revolved around sin, especially down here in the South. Like those are, those were the big things, you know, like partying and, and, and all that was, was all very much off limits. And here's the thing is like, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink. Um, not at that age anyway. And I, you know, and I never really smoked uh, cigarettes or anything. So at, 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 at a young age, 
Um, and I definitely wasn't a drinker. So, and, and, and boy, trust me, I was a, I was a virgin, um, <laughs> throughout high school. So I don't know guys, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, if, if the Baptist culture was one of those things that scared the shit out of a kid who was really pretty straight laced, um, you know, I just, I felt like it was a little forced. And then I saw the hypocritical nature of a lot of people who were at, you know, the, you know, places of power inside of the church. Um, I saw it from kids who were going there and, you know, just, just things like that. And I was just like, you know what, this is bullshit. And, you know, I, I really didn't want to be part of something like that. So, um, and then you kind of fast forward where I wasn't, um, you know, wasn't going to church, you know, really didn't have any, anything great for church or anything like that in terms of a religion. Uh, fast forward, I guess, to the Marine Corps is where I kind of had another growing experience, you know, uh, religious, uh, spiritually. Um, you know, every Sunday in boot camp, you have an opportunity to get away from your drill instructors and to get away from the platoon, uh, for the, you know, the, as a, as a majority. Right. And so, um, that is, is if you go to a church service, right. And it, you know, they, they're broken down by denomination, whether it's Catholic, um, or Protestant or, uh, you know, Judaism, whatever, right. Like they had quite a few different services out there for, for the kids. So, Every Sunday I would go, and I really didn't get much out of it. Just the fact that I wasn't, you know, doing anything, you know, in in the squad bay at that time, where I had I had time to get away from people, and that that you know that didn't grow my spirituality. Now, fast forward to places like I don't know, airborne school, or you're going to jump out of a a plane for the first time. That did something for my spirituality. Being away from my family and my friends for long periods of time without, you know, really any type of communication, whether it was even, you know, phone communication at the time, um, and only receiving handwritten letters did an absolute ton for for how I thought about God and how I communicated with him. And, you know, it, it, the meditation or and, and praying, I guess, you know, two different types of um, styles of communing with the, the world around you that is unseen. And at that time, I, you know, I'd say it was probably still more praying, but I was very, very much one of those people that um, um, was extremely thankful uh, during those times where I could, you know, take stock. And I, I've talked about this on the show a lot of times of, you know, what the good things were. And, you know, I think it helped me through the Marine Corps. I've, I've talked about it in other places where, you know, like I really excelled at being a Marine. Like I was really, really good at it. And, um, I think that was one of the reasons why I was really good at it is because, you know, it didn't matter, you know, how tired I was and it didn't matter how much the day sucked. It didn't matter, you know, what tomorrow was bringing. I was, you know, I was comfortable enough in my faith to be thankful for what I did have, whether it was, you know, a dry bed, which, you know, at the time was uncomfortable. And I still had, you know, those big ass wool blankets, um, from the Marine Corps that are just scratchy as hell. Um, and pillows that have been used by, I don't know, five generations, whatever it was, you know, you still gotta, 
still got a bed to sleep in. You're still getting, I think it was like seven or eight hours a, a night there. And, you know, that, that propelled me. It, it just, it was one of those things where, you know, you, you get up and you're like, all right, man, what are we going to do today? Am I going to get tired? Am I going to get sore? Maybe. Am I going to learn some things? Most definitely. I'm probably going to learn something. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still getting paid a little bit of money to do all these things that, you know, let's face it, like a lot of people would, you know, if they, if they thought mentally they were strong enough, um, and physically, you know, to, to have the endurance and let's face it, like most of what you do physically is just mostly mental anyway. Um, if I think most people thought that they could go do some of these things, especially in their youth and get paid for it, they probably would if they didn't have to, you know, continue on to get, you know, shot at and go on into the wars and all that other kind of stuff. But I digress. At that time, you know, I was, I was still very much, you know, this red, white, and blue little star spangly patriot. And uh, I loved it. It was one of those things where I, I, I got up excited uh, a lot of days, you know, uh, especially as my training advanced, where if we we're going to do something exciting, and I'll tell you, a lot of the exciting stuff in, in the reconnaissance community is all about uh, insertion techniques and extraction techniques, whether it's jumping out of planes um, or you know being in the ocean and swimming in, doing things in, in the middle of the night, uh, going on patrols. And I, I think you know this is you know one of those areas where I you know was really really fortunate. Um, to be in reconnaissance, especially um, force reconnaissance. Force reconnaissance and, and battalion uh, reconnaissance at the time were very different. And the, you know, the, the difference was is the battalion reconnaissance guys were doing um, kind of you know close reconnaissance, battlefield reconnaissance for uh, the division, which was like right behind it. Versus long range reconnaissance, a lot of times your task is um, you're, you're, there's no there's nobody coming to get you, kind of missions, right? Where you're going out, sometimes you're jumping, uh, across the, you know, lines in terms of a country or enemy, you're doing, you know, reconnaissance that separates you sometimes hundreds, if not, um, more miles than the closest quick reaction force. And a lot of times it's, uh, you know, in, in training, it's simulated by going into the middle of the woods, uh, forest or desert and being left alone to surveil and to move um, to surveillance and, you know, kind of just sit and watch and listen and be quiet. And that was, you know, one of the, the greatest things for me, um, you know, to, to be back in the woods because I didn't grow up hunting. You know, I, I grew up exploring in woods and I grew up having a great time with my friends and, and my, my brother in the woods and things like that. But I, I wasn't a hunter growing up. And so to, to be able to do this as a young man and to see different parts of the United States and the world, uh, to sit and listen. I mean, there were weeks, you know, where you would go out on patrol uh, in places like Big Bear, uh, or, you know, other places in California, you know, the, the chocolate mountains, you know, vastly, vastly different types of areas. And you just sit and you would watch the day come and the nights go and the in-between periods. 
And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was all glorious. I mean, a lot of it kind of just sucked because, let's face it, like we weren't building fires. You know, you're not building fires. You're not setting up tents. You're not going out there and, you know, drawing any attention to yourself. You're going out there and blending in with nature. And this is where my spirituality really began, I think, to, to grow and to see and to realize just absolutely how small and insignificant uh, I was in the cosmos. Because, you know, the, for instance, you know, going out to the desert or, or Big Bear, uh, one of, you know, our, our, you know our, two of our training grounds where we get to go out and do these just awesome patrols. You'll go out and, and sit and, you know, watch a site or, or, or backpack through uh, an area. And you're trying to make as little noise as possible. And so when you finally get to an observation post, an OP, um, you aren't talking. You're not talking on the way. You're not talking when you get there. You're not singing songs. You're not doing any of that kind of stuff. You are just sitting and hanging out um, and making notes and things like that, depending on you know where you're at and what you're doing and what your role is at that time. Um, a lot of times you're pulling security for the rest of everybody else there if you're not um, you know currently reporting and sending back um, little you know little scripts to the marine expeditionary unit that's uh, you know reporting it to higher channels. So. You know, during those times, I got to see the world wake up, and it was where I fell in love with with nature. You know, to see you know how different parts of the world kind of wake up the same, but it also completely different. the The first birds of the morning that crack the silence and start to sing to announce the day, and then you know the little rays of sunshine that start to change the color of wherever you're at, the skyline. And then, you know, the land underneath it where you move from these really, really um, black shades into blue. And, you know, the the in-between period where you run through the purples and the pinks and the oranges all together. And as those, like, little beams of sunlight start to hit plant life, depending on, you know, what time of year it is, you know, you'll see these these leaves whether they're brand new or whether they're, you know, changing and they're just blazing red, orange, or yellow, you know, you start to see them glow and come alive with the birds singing in the background. And to, to see and to behold that, you know, it's just something absolutely amazing to see animals come within, you know, and I'm talking about wild animals come within, you know, mere feet like coyotes um, and another wildlife out there. I mean, to be surrounded by sometimes, you know, animals that could kill you like cougars or puma for those of you guys that live in, in Florida. You know, th- those were those were dangers that we faced out there, you know, snakes, whatever it was. And to to behold that, to be still with it, to be part of it, and then to watch the day, you know, transgress and to, you know, find the shade of a big tree to rest and to, you know, recuperate your, your legs from because you've just got done, you know, pushing through 10, 15, 20 miles worth of mountain hiking up and down with pack loads sometimes over 
a hundred pounds, you know, to, to have that respite and find comfort in a, in the nook of a tree or at the base of a tree. I mean, to, to be swaddled kind of by nature at that point and to just be happy that you're not trudging along with that giant backpack on anymore, right? Like the, the, the rucksack is what we call it. Absolutely. Some of the most, you know, spiritually, you know, awakening times in my life. So I guess, you know, I, I was not, you know, I was not a churchgoer by the time I was 26 and I really kind of despised it. Um, the rest of society would try to, to bring me back into it, whether, um, it was through girlfriends or fiancés or whatever, you know, and, you know, I'll go ahead and put it out there. You know, I, I've probably visited, if not attended most major religious Christian, um, churches, you know, in terms of like your Methodist, your Baptist, your Catholic, um, you know, whatever it is in in America, you know, in, in pop culture, America, I guess Christianity out there. I've, I've really, you know, I've I've been there and I've done it, and none of it was for me. You know, some of it was more inviting than um, others. You know, I've done non-denominational kind of stuff. I've done Presbyterian. Um, you you name it. Like I I gave it a pretty good shot, and it just one it was one of those things that I was left at the end of the day, kind of aching, you know, not like, man, cool. These are all right people, you know, and, and they're probably pretty good people, um, to say the least, but it just wasn't where I found a connection to something bigger than myself. And so, you know, I went through, I went through all that. I actually even became a Catholic to get married to my wife. And like I've said before, you know, I quit it for Lent and I never went back. And so the, um, you know, the, the next really big evolution that, that I had, um, was kind of confronting, um, some of my, my pastors and this was the, the last church I was at great church. Um, you know, great people, but you know, I've, I learned about how 501 C threes had been introduced by, uh, at the time, Senator, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson. And, you know, the guy was a, a really not a, not a good dude. Um, and he was trying to crush his opponents um, when he was running for re-election, introduced 501c3s into churches. And churches, you know, took the bait and they all became 501c3s and basically resigned their rights as a association of people in a belief system that had lots and lots and lots of power. Um to the, to the government, to the federal government. And I had this conversation, um, with the pastors and they weren't willing to budge on, on it. Uh, said it would basically, uh, come out and, uh, you know, probably divide their congregation and send people off that, you know, they needed in their congregation for funding and everything else. So I said, guys, I love you, but I got to move on and I'm not going to be part of this if, um, if this is the way it's going to be, you know, thought, you know, probably a pretty good place to be around with, with kids and everything else as they're growing up. But it's just, it wasn't my place. So I, I left and, you know, it, it was one of the things that, you know, thank God for my wife, because now, you know, at this point we've got, um, three kids and, you know, we are 
a one income family and all that kind of stuff and um, trying to do some things in the world at the same time and trying to, you know, make people freer. And as I'm, you know, having these revelations, I'm also coming to grips with, you know, um, some post-traumatic stress that I, I didn't really didn't know I had. And I don't think it's a disorder. I think they call it a disorder so that they can, um, strip rights away like anything else out there. If, you know, if you're not absolutely perfect and fit within every fantasy law that they have, then, you know, they're going to, they're going to throw the book at you somewhere. So, um, in 2015, I really found, um, cannabis again. And, you know, I, I had participated in some cannabis when I was first in school. Um, you know, I say school, like college, uh, I say right around the time I was 20, 21, uh, I had a few experiences. I really, I, I enjoyed it, but you know, it was one of those things where I never bought it and I never sold it. And you know, if it was around and somebody offered, it, I was like, okay, whatever. And I slept great and I had a, I had a good time on it. I had lots of laughs. It, it was, it was hysterical. Um, I definitely don't recommend, um, I don't recommend it for everybody. You know, like if it's going to give your heart palpitations and make you nervous and all that other kind of stuff, well, okay, that's for you. But, um, you know, for me, it was one of those things as, you know, a man who was, um, you know, older with kids gone through a whole bunch of stuff overseas. And I guess I really didn't mention that part. Um, I'll, I'll get back to that in a second, but the, the, you know, the idea that, um, you know, there was this amazing flower out there that you could ingest, you know, through smoking it or eating it. And it would provide a, a real introspection, an ability to have a look at yourself from a different perspective and to give you lightheartedness and, you know, the ability to work through some, maybe some extremely painful things and make some admissions that maybe, you know, you had never done. Um, that's what cannabis did for me. And, you know, unbelievable. And, you know, like, like I said, you know, it was, it was one of those things maybe I was, um, primed for it and, and ready for it. But, you know, for me, it was, it was one of those moments where I had an epiphany and I just said, Hey, you know, this stuff is spiritual, you know, for me. And, and, and you know, if you, if you've read enough books out there on psychedelics, a lot of people throughout history have, incorporated them into spiritual types of journeys in, um, in, in their faith. And that's something that I've always wanted to share with anybody and everybody that has, you know, been curious about this kind of thing is, you know, it's, it's not, you know, what they told you it was a long time ago, right? It's not the Mexican ditchweed. It's not the devil's lettuce. It's not any of that kind of stuff. And, um, I think it's absolutely, you know, a huge blessing, you know, you're, you're born with an endocannabinoid system. And, you know, if, if you want to put, um, the compounds of, you know, THC and CBD into your body, uh, to see where it helps out those key receptors, I think you have every right in the world to do so. And, you know, it's not addictive. Um, the, the, the psychoactiveness wears off after a few hours and, you know, like I said, you know, most of the time you're just going to get a really good sleep, maybe have some good conversations, some good introspection, and at the end of the day, grow spiritually with not only yourself, but the people around you. So I think I need to pack up because I think I 
totally, totally glossed over um, a lot of the time in combat theater um, where I was. Man, I'll tell you right now. This, I don't, I don't want to gloss over this because I think, you know, there's an old saying out there that there's no atheist in a foxhole. And when you're experiencing, well, at least when I experienced the closeness of death in, in combat, which, you know, let's face it, was, was a very, very real, um, most of the time while I was over there. You know, I have no, I have no idea how many missions were carried out. I have no idea you know, what kind of time I spent in battle. And, you know, maybe that tells you something is like, it was extensive. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, when you clear cities and you go out on, you know, direct action type of raids on, you know, by by nightly basis, man, the op tempo was amazing. And every time you went out for one of those, you know, there was, there was something in the back of your brain saying, you know, this could be it. <clears throat> so you gotta you gotta come to grips with this kind of stuff and the way that I handled it was again um you know talking to God you know like taking stock of things that were good in my life and within my control and asking for you know perseverance and asking for um you know protection and, and things like that and you know, I mean and I'll tell you you know the amount of prayer and meditation that I did during those times um, was absolutely astronomical because a lot of the times you didn't have anything else to do. Um, you were thinking, you know, before you left the wire, you were thinking while well, you were outside the wire, you, you, you know, a lot of times that's in, in the either, not, not only in the back of your mind, but, you know, in the forefront of your mind. And so spiritually, you know, during that time, man, I think I grew leaps and bounds in my dependence and communication um, with, you know, whatever it was that I was communicating with at the time. Like I, you know, I, I thought, you know, I, you know, at the time I was communicating with Christ and, you know, most of my, my prayers were centered around that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I went as far as to talk to, uh, you know, or, or thought I would, you know, was talking to, you know, people who were relatives and, and asking them for favors and protection. I mean, that's, that's where you'll go when, you know, when, when your life is seriously threatened, uh, you will ask for all the protection from anybody and everybody that you possibly can, uh, that has moved on, you know, from this world, people who are in this world, you know, people who are praying for you, people who, you know, have prayed for you that have passed on, like all, all of these things, you know, get incorporated into, you know, what got incorporated into my spiritual life. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, I better off for it for sure. I definitely have zero regrets about, you know, that side of it, obviously, you know, being at war and in combat and doing, you know, what we did over in Iraq, man, just God awful things. But, um, you know, that side of it was not terrible. It, it was, it was absolutely kind of fascinating to, to be in and to, to kind of go about it and now to, to think back on. So, um, you know, to, to grow in, in that fashion, um, you know, there's absolutely no amount, um, that I, I think, you know, it's too much meditation or prayer. I, I really don't. I don't think you can do it enough. 
I can, I think you can, there are better ways to do it and there are worse ways to do it. But, uh, I definitely think the more cognizant you are of your own mortality, I think the more cognizant you are of other people and that I think was one of the things that came out of that period of my, my life was I was able to start looking at others and having a little humility in my judgment. And I say that because, you know, the first thing you can think, you know, in the back of your mind, like everybody judges people, everybody does it. It's a natural lower brain, um, you know, fight or flight type mechanism. You're going to go out there and you're going to judge uh, somebody. Somehow, some way, when you first meet them, you've got some preconceived notions in the back of your head. Right or wrong. It's just natural. Um, and when I f- would find myself, you know, maybe judging somebody critically or harshly, um, because of the amount that I was, you know, in this, in this world of, um, I don't know, being being in meditative states and, and 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 you know having you know talks with you know what I consider you know the spiritual world, I was you know I was cognizant of how I was thinking, and instead of being harsh and critical, I started to you know ask for things like blessings on other people and to you know kind of maybe get my own thoughts in check to to be. A, a net positive and not be that person that goes around doing it. And that's, that's not a skill I think most people have. Like, I think that is a skill that is developed over time with effort, like a muscle, like anything else. Like when you can, when you can stop yourself in the middle and in, in the, in the middle of having, um, corrosive types of ideas and thoughts and calm and quiet that and turn it 180 degrees into something positive. I think you just kind of become this positive person in the world. And God knows we need lots more of that. I knew, I mean, I knew it at the time. And that's probably one of the reasons why I went ahead and, and went as far as I did is just like, man, I gotta, I gotta be more positive and I've got to share that positivity. And I believe, you know, and this probably takes us to the next step is I, I honestly believe that everything that we are and everything that we do is energy. Everything, 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 everything. Um, you know, very loosely um, based on the ideas of Nikolai Tesla. Man was so smart. And I think there are receptors in our body, in our brains, uh, especially that feel these things. And if you feel them, other people feel them. And it means if you can think them, and if that's energy, that energy is, you know, obviously neither gained nor lost. It's transferred. And it's transferred in the people who are around you. Whether you think so or not, I mean, I guess that's up to you. But understanding, you know, some physics and quite a bit of science, you know, this is one of those things where just because we haven't quite mastered it or understand it to a, a master degree level of, of how this energy is transferred, negative, positive, all those kind of things. I think there is a, I think this is where the, the mystery comes in. 
and kind of leads me into where I'm at now. Like, so I am not agnostic. I am not, I, I, I guess I'm more of a, of a Gnostic and I'm more of a, a mystic at this point. And it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, going out and doing uh, seances in the woods or anything like that. It means that I've seen some things, you know, uh, through extremely high doses of THC and, um, you know, starting uh, with some psilocybin, not at the same time, uh, to be able to experience the energy that we are at, at a different place, right? And, and, you know, this is, you know, this is not going to be for everybody, but for me, as I've gone along this path of questioning everything that I was indoctrinated with from the state and religion and everything that anybody had ever been, uh, you know, in my life, right? Um, I had to naturally question what I believed in terms of spirituality and faith. And where I get to is just honest questioning. And honest questioning just means that, listen, man, like I've, I've seen all this stuff. I've, I've read up on it. I have studied it. You know, hell, I even studied, um, in college, a couple of courses in religion, you know, you know, through Zoroastrianism, you know, the, the, the Christian faith, uh, the, the Jewish faith, the Islamic faith. I mean, some of the, some of the Eastern faiths. I mean, all these things and none of them really, you know, None of them really spoke to me. Um, so the mystery for me was, all right, what are we? What is this? And can I make sense of it? And can I observe what's going on? And so this is the amalgamation of, of where I'm at with everything. Is I have a really, really strong faith. I have a, you know, just unshakable. Um, and I don't know that it's, you know, mine to give to anybody. I don't, I I think it's mine to maybe share, um, with people, but I don't think it's, you know, upon me to tell anybody that I'm right or wrong. It's just, this is, this is kind of why I am the way I am is to go out and to be still now in nature is the most glorious thing to me that I could possibly imagine. Now, add to that some psychedelics and you have the combination, you know, one way or another of going out and experiencing something absolutely natural and safe and surreal from perspectives in energy that you just can't even possibly imagine. And what you will observe is some glorious design. The glorious design in the way this reality works for us. I mean, just right down to the molecules. What you can see, what you can't see, and how they interact, the intricacy. In my mind, you know, I have this, I don't know, this connection. And to be able to melt into those situations, to, to stay 
rooted in the present, right then, right there, to see the day recede in the fall while you're out maybe in a, in a, in a, in a deer stand, in a tree stand, whatever, to see the sun and the day conclude in this fiery ball of autumn and red and orange and yellow leaves to feel the day go from warm to cool and obviously the animals that will cross your path during that time to watch the stars begin to pop against the skies maybe one of my most favorite moments in any given day to be able to look up at the heavens when you're far enough away from light pollution and see the galaxy begin to unfold before you in belts of stars and dust. And to know that it's all working in some harmony and will continue to work in harmony long after this meat sack is gone. And that you're still going to be part of it is absolutely one of the most calming, refreshing, mesmerizing spiritual events of my lifetime. And I don't know. The thing is, I don't. I don't claim to know. Um, you know, a, a savior. I don't claim to know any of that kind of stuff. I think I think there is God and I think there is an intelligent design but there is absolutely just looking at it in wonder and awe. Uh, especially in those moments of deep, deep um, you know, psychedelic connection. You know, he, it is... It is something that you behold and it's something that you experience and it's very, very difficult to tell anybody what it is. It's an experience. And so I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to have all the answers. I wouldn't even begin um, to, to think that, you know, what, what I believe is for everybody. But I think within what I have found in these truths and these trips and in these explorations that it works for me and it, it I mean, it, it makes me happy. And I think at the end of the day, when we put our heads down and we have exercised our principles you know, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. And we can find happiness in this world. I think that is something that we should be marveling at. What makes you happy? Do you realize absolutely how small you are, how small we are? That no matter what happens at the end of the day, Life is going to go on. 
life is going to continue. Sometimes it's not going to be for you. Sometimes it's not going to be for a significant other. But that is the way it has always been, and that's the way it will always be. And are you okay with that? I can tell you I am. I, I mean, I think at some point in my life, like I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was tough. It was, it was hard. It was filled with ups and downs, but it was worth it. And to leave it, hopefully, better than I found it. To, to be, to be happy at the end of it. I think it's about all I can ask for. And so I guess with all that being said, you know, I'm, I'm very much a naturalist. I'm very much one of those people that if I can go sit out in the woods and be quiet and still and observe nature and all of its glory and, and just natural design from beginning of time to now, it's something that just blows my mind every time for good and better. And I hope to pass it on along, people. You know, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, um, I've I've been thinking about doing, you know, retreats out here um, and, and helping, especially people with PTS, I'll just call it post-traumatic stress. Because I don't care if you got it in war. I don't care if... It's been brought on by, you know, the government. I don't care what your stress is. Like, people experience stress in life. And I think some of what I've found is the glue that holds humanity together. Um, if you're into that and you've got questions about that kind of stuff, you know, I'm, I'm seriously considering starting a um, an association or a rehabilitation type center out here where I can go out with people and and take them and show them exactly what it is to be you know spiritual without so much of the religious component without the um, preconceived notion of what religions for thousands of years now have told people and hid from them and edited from history things that are absolutely part of who we are with people who react uh, to psychedelics, people who have endocannabinoid systems. Like All of these things are of your right. And if you believe that they are of your right, you have the right to exercise them as well. So, I don't know. If you're interested, you can uh, you can email me at shane at radicalpod.com. And if there's enough interest in this kind of stuff, you know, maybe I'll put together a 501c3 and start putting together funding um, to take people uh, out and and to have to have these spiritual trips. That's all. I mean, I I I believe so hard, you know, so much in this kind of thing. Um, that if if people are into it and they want to see this kind of stuff and they want to experience this kind of thing, um, I think I'd be extremely uh, humbled 
to bring people to that understanding. So anyway, we are already 50 minutes into this episode where I didn't know, um, I, I really didn't write anything down. I really, uh, kind of just did this one off the cuff. Uh, people would ask me about this for a long time and I hope it doesn't disappoint you. I hope it opens your mind and to, to, to new possibilities and new ideas and, and, you know, you know, spirituality is a good thing. You know, faith is a good thing. It will get you through incredibly dark times. Um, and it'll get you through them quicker. It will give you an edge in life over people who are worried about things that they can't control or worried about things that will never come to be. That is, you know, that's one of the greatest powers of being spiritually practiced and spiritually strong is you will have an edge in this world and that edge is going to help you and it's going to help those around you. And that's what, you know, we're all about. We're all about being radically different from people who regurgitate what the state, the murder cult, um, are pushing and to be radically different from them. I'll tell you, you know, there's the, the, the great old saying is, you know, uh, rebellion to tyrants, right? Is devotion to God or something to that effect. I'm sure I butchered it, but you know, like I, like I've said before, you know, this is the time, this is the place where you have absolute natural rights to go out and exercise your beliefs and to do something radically different from what this murder cult wants you to do, I think is a good thing in this time and age. So I think that's where we will leave it. I will get you guys one more bonus show um, tomorrow. I think we're going to talk about 9-11. I haven't prepared much on it, but again, it's one of those topics that's been near and dear to me since I was about 21 uh, when my life changed because of 9-11. So anyway, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I will be talking to you soon. I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.